What is going on, everyone? It is Rob and Johnny. Welcome to episode 29 of the MM Arcade podcast. Rob, I'm boiling. It is so hot right now. Aircon's <laughs> blasting. I don't know if I'm going to survive this one. <laughs> dude, I don't feel bad for you at all, dude. I had to wrestle today. I had to wrestle yesterday. Okay. I had to wrestle all Monday. Right, Rob. Like, it's been... <laughs> It is, it is, you almost lost me. We almost, we almost lost half of this podcast. Okay. It has been like, I am, I just end up spending the entire afternoon night trying to hydrate. Like it, Fire out. my, my, yeah, my, my piss is like dirt brown <laughs> until, <laughs> until, until like literally I'm just about to go to sleep and then I have to wake up 17,000 times to go bathroom throughout the night because I've drank that much water. It's a never-ending battle. Sounds sounds like a you problem, Rob. Uh, you know, like <laughs> yeah, I was just talking man. about my minor issue, and you're like, "Mr. UFC fighter." <laughs> well, what are you? You're training. <laughs> if we if we want to whinge about heat, I'm here. I'm here for it. I'll sit here all day whinging. I love it. Uh, it's a ridiculous thing. But th- thankfully, you did survive, and and I'm alright because this is a huge, huge episode. We've got a mm-hmm. massive card to talk about. We've got a bunch of fight mm-hmm. announcements to talk about. Even in the games news, there is there is a couple of big pieces of news. So we're going to get into it. But to start off this podcast, I do want to shout out off the back of last week's episode. <laughs> we have two new members on on the channel that we want to give a shout out to. Dane and Edie, and also N, just N, that I swear <laughs> that is just their username. Thank you so much for becoming members on the channel. <laughs> no, thank you very much. <laughs> Dude, like, he he typed N and there's, just gave up. He's like, you know what? That's enough. <laughs> but welcome to the team, boys. And, or girl, maybe. Yeah. N doesn't, doesn't give me a lot to go off, right? Thank you very much also, guys, for, for putting up with us last week. We had a yeah. lot of technical difficulties. <laughs> that, that word almost stumped me, right? That was an understatement. We, <laughs> we, yeah, we, we had a lot of problems. And, yeah. you know, hats off to Johnny being patient enough to help work through it all. Touchwood, this this car seems to be, I don't know, we've got promising signs. We've got promising signs. But, yeah, let's, um, yeah, thank you for bearing with us last week. We're back to our usual yeah. makeup. So yeah, let's uh, let's get a good one in. Hundred percent. So let's start oh. off with. Well, go on. Be- what, what do you want to say before we <laughs> before we go off? Okay. So uh, as as I do, and as Johnny does as well, we read we read all the comments because that's how we structure our cast, and that's how we yeah. add and remove things is based on what you guys want to see. I knew <laughs> you were going to mention okay? this. I did. <laughs> <laughs> straight out of the gate, dude. One dude, one dude dropped. Uh, fun fact, Rob's last finish was in 2017. Mate, <laughs> mate, the army, the army smelled blood in the water and they attacked him for pages. Uh, <laughs> pages, man, pages. Now, I am so touched you guys defended me like that, but we don't have to smash him that bad. And, and <laughs> for the guy that's just looking for trouble, like, <laughs> he knew what he was getting into, right? Just just chill out, okay? Dudes are hard to finish in the top five. It, it is, it's hard. It's a hard, yeah. hard business to try and cement <laughs> the finishes in, all right? But, yeah, let's uh, let's keep it nice. Come on. You know. I would say they didn't know what was coming for them. There was like at least 50 comments for what I saw of people <laughs> yeah, jumping dude. on that comment. <laughs> Blood in the water. Blood in the water. And some of them were hilarious, right? <laughs> we won't repeat them here, but if, if no you way. do, if you are curious, go back to the previous episode. That comment is still there. It's 
pretty funny. Sus. We're not condoning this though. Let's just keep no, it chill. Absolutely Let's just keep not. It chill, right? <laughs> but you asked for it, kind of. <laughs> 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 oh, dude. All right. so let's let's get into it. UFC two nine six predictions. As I mentioned, a bunch of great fights on this card. We're not going to be able to talk about everything in such detail because, as I said, a bunch of fight announcements as well, a bunch of other stuff that we want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about the main event, the thing that everyone is here to see: Leon Edwards against Colby Covington. I'll give a bit of a spiel about it. Everyone, Edwards, twenty one wins, three losses. He hasn't lost. Since 2015, since Usman, which is actually kind of insane. He hasn't fought all that much either, but hasn't lost, lost since then. He's beaten Luque, Cerrone, Gunnar Nelson, Dos Anjos, Diaz, and obviously Usman twice, but previously mm. lost to Usman back in the day. Colby Covington, bit different resume recently at least. 17 wins, three losses, but he's only won two of his last four. Two losses to Usman, as we know, but he beat Woodley and recently Masvidal. Rob, they're versing... They've been talking a lot of smack against each other. It is the mm. main event. What is your breakdown for Edwards against Covington? Well, is there any fight Colby's in where he's not talking smack? Okay. No, but that's <laughs> so, why he's such a good salesman. He's, I, yeah, I don't like the guy, of. but I respect him for it, honestly. He's, he's good at what he does. I, I feel like, you know what, I, I summed it up today when I was speaking to someone. He's, he is like a real-life keyboard warrior. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's, he's a keyboard warrior. <laughs> In real life. <laughs> you know what I mean? But who can because, back it up? He's not just yeah, talking on the keyboard. He can well, actually fight, yeah, obvious. right? Yeah, yeah obviously. Yeah. But he's also like, he, he. it's only for the cameras. It's Everyone knows it at this point. It's been yeah. like recorded and, and spoken of everywhere that he only does it for the camera. So he's like the old, but then he gets, when he does get on camera, he turns it on to a hundred. Like, yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. it. I'm here for it too. I'm here for it too. <laughs> um, this fight though. This fight, where do we start? Where do we start? Now, I think if you were to ask me before the second Usman fight, recent second was the third fight, maybe, if you yeah. want. The third Usman fight, second title fight with Usman. Yeah. Uh, if Leon had a hope in heck against Colby, I would have said no, no way. Mm. Just because uh, I've been ringside to, to Colby's fights. And I've seen the volume and the output, the, his ability to throw 3,600 3, punches yeah. and then shoot and then fail the shot, come up again and start throwing again to, only to reshoot. And to do that for five rounds is uncanny. His coaching yeah. staff has said it. He said he's got, a, he's got an extra lung. It seems that way. But we see – but this was before the performance Leon put on last time. Yeah. All right. I think the performance he put on against Usman in his last fight really defined how he's going to beat Colby. So where Colby's yeah. had problems with is guys he can't just walk into and take him down. Okay. And we, we saw that with the Usman fight. He couldn't just walk through his punches in t- to take him down, wear him out a bit, and then start to beat him in the punches because of that. Like we saw Colby do against uh, Lawler. Like we saw him do against RDA. Like we saw him, we've seen him do against a lot of other guys. Yeah. I think Leon in that last fight showed me that he can defend takedowns, but more importantly, he can also threaten you in a space before the takedowns even happen. So you're worried and you're in danger entering that space. Just yeah. trying to get in there. You know, being a Southpaw, also great advantage, but just trying to get into that range 
you're in danger. And then when you do finally get in the range, maybe you took shots, maybe you didn't, mm. you can't cement what you risked so highly to get in there. And I think that, like, I think the way he fought Usman in his last fight, Leon, was spectacular. And that performance kind of highlighted for me how he beats Colby. Yeah. It's actually kind of incredible, stylistically, how similar both of their previous matches were in comparison to this fight that's about to take place. Like, when you had Edwards against Usman, it was actually incredible how well Edwards dealt with Usman's shooting and takedown attempts. His defense, especially in the latter part of that fight, was impeccable, bro. Mm -hmm. And then when they were separated... Those kicks were giving Usman so much trouble. And oh, yeah. even even when you looked at Covington against Masvidal, obviously in the latter part of the fight, you know, Covington destroyed Masvidal. But earlier on, Masvidal <laughs> was giving Covington some trouble with those kicks. Putting Edwards in there with those body shots he was giving against Usman and obviously threatening that head kick like he did against the, in their second fight, their first title fight. I seriously do think, and it's going to lead to my eventual prediction, but I think Covington is going to struggle against Edwards' striking game, against how quick he is. Did, like, do you mm. remember how fast, mm. compared to Usman, it's like Usman was moving in slow motion and Edwards just was just flinging kicks like instantaneously. He was moving like Goku Ultra Instinct. It was actually insane. And then when Usman got yeah. the chance to get in close, he just snuffed out those takedown defenses incredibly. It was such a beautiful performance. He could use them. And... You know, that, that's kind of where Leon was shining so bright, in, in my opinion, in his last fight was just that, that range of threat. He, was, he, had, yeah. he had Usman on his back foot threatening him, but whilst he was moving back, you know, he, yeah. he had his kicks and his hands in play in the danger zone the entire mm. fight. He was giving Usman so many different looks with a lot of different unique kicks, like teeth kicks, leg kicks, head kicks. Like he was, he was keeping him guessing. And that's hard when you're trying to find the timing mm. to, to, to throw some punches and, and get in there for the takedown, to slow this fight down, to slowly start taking the wind out of your opponent. Hmm. So uh, to, to flip the discussion, because I absolutely mm -hmm. agree that we should be praising Edwards, especially in his last mm -hmm. fight. But to Colby's credit, especially in the latter part of that Masvidal fight, his wrestling is top tier. Like it's, it is so beautiful to see, especially like when they're already on the ground or close to the ground, the way he's just, he was switching around Masvidal, didn't give him any breathing room and then just went on the ground and pound. <clears throat> is there any concern in the Edwards camp? that if there is a successful takedown, that at the entirety of a round that that happens, that Edwards is just going to eat shots and Colby's just going to be smothering him. Because I think it's a yeah, concern but, for him. Yeah. Well, but that's that's the concern and the risk when you're fighting Colby Covington, when you're fighting yeah, Usman. Yeah, in general. Yeah. That's... Yeah. Like that's that's the threat. That is that is the, the missile in the sky, right? It's mm. um how... And we mentioned his fight against Masvidal and... That's how he fights. So, like once once the wind kind of leaves his sail, uh, the the striker yeah. sails, and and Colby like starts, like your cardio starts to go down, his cardio starts to go up, and then he just it just gets exemplified and it gets further mm. and further because he doesn't stop hustling. He's hustling the whole time, but you yeah. can't get a breath, and that's where you start drowning in those deep waters, those deep grappling waters, and that's when he starts out striking you. 
He mm. starts out striking you because you don't have the gas to keep up with him anymore. And yeah. you're also terrified of being kept on your back, getting bashed mm. down there for the next, you know, five minutes of the fight. There is there a threat? Is there is there a concern? Of course, if he spends five minutes on his back getting getting mauled by Colby, yeah, there's gonna change the entirety of the next 20 minutes. You know, yeah. and, and Colby knows that because then he'll just force it again next round and then it gets exemplified and it gets worse and it gets worse. But that's his game plan. That's how he fights. Yeah. And that's that's kind of what we were looking for in that second Usman fight because that's what Usman did in the first fight, to slow it down. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's, and, it's always yeah. a risk. And it's <clears> interesting. I was seeing some comments and obviously – pretty clearly Colby, not Colby Covington fans, but saying that has he has pillow hands, that he doesn't actually get many knockouts, and a lot of his recent decisions, uh, wins especially, were decisions. But that's how he fights. He is a high-output fighter. Mm. And if you have someone like Edwards, who can clearly go five rounds, who can clearly fight in those championship rounds, those mm. high-output strikes matter. They matter by the end of a round when you're talking about how many points that you have. And that is how Colby Covington wins a lot of his fights. So a lot of the predictions that I've seen, even though currently Edwards is the favorite, and I would agree with that, there are a few big people saying, no, I actually think Covington's going to win by decision. I, I think it's very, very likely that it does go to the fifth and, and Covington might actually win by decision because he's just high output, so many strikes. And yes, Edwards is amazing with his, his kicks, especially body kicks, head kicks. But Colby, I would, if I was to give a prediction, is going to outstrike him, especially on the head, especially with his hands, for the entirety of that fight, unless he gets knocked out. You think so? so I is think that your so. prediction? It's uh, dude, I'm, I'm flipping back and forth because even though it was a different Masvidal, he was Covington was so good in that fight, right? And as I mentioned, stylistically. Colby against Masvidal was kind of similar to Edwards against Usman. You had a striker, striker against a wrestler, and Edwards did so well against the takedown defense, against takedowns with his defense, and Colby was doing so well against a striker and taking him to the ground, especially in the latter rounds, and just smothering him. Who does it better on the day? It, mm. it is literally a flip of a coin. I'm, I'm torn, bro. I'm genuinely torn. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, like, I guess we'll go into our predictions then. I. Yeah. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean on Edwards. I mm. think I saw enough. I think he's gonna have too many weapons. I think he's gonna I think he's gonna keep Colby guessing, or yeah. at least threatened, so he can't just recklessly get in there, which he's done on some opponents. And mm. I do think that let's say heaven forbid he closes that gap, he pushes him up against the fender. I don't think he'll be able to hold him down, and, and to the point where he can make money on it. You know, significant, yeah. significant in like return from his investment. So, I I yeah. think we could see a decision win, but the other way, I think I think Leon Edwards could win okay. that decision. Yeah, I'm at heart, probably in my head as well. I'm leading towards Edwards Edwards too, especially because he has a bit of a reach advantage. I think it's like a, a two inch reach advantage, especially because as I mentioned in that last fight, Masvidal did trouble Covington somewhat with his kicks, and then you amp it up by 100 when you have someone mm. like Edwards in there. The, the body kicks that he was doing against Usman, and then, as, again, in their second fight, first title fight, he was just preparing the body and then teeing up the head kick. There is a chance that Covington could get knocked out. Now, this is a guy that keeps going to the end of a lot of his fights. Might not happen, but I think it's a possibility. I'm going to lean towards Edwards, but I would not be surprised if Covington won this by decision. N not at all. Mm. I will say, I think 
the fact that Edwards doesn't load up on his, a lot of his strikes. He doesn't yeah. load up on his kicks. He doesn't load up on his punches. So he doesn't fall out of position a lot. As well, mm. it, it helps him sustain his like threat threat level of striking longer throughout the fight. You know, whereas yeah. Masvidal's kind of like he can strike, but he's a little bit more. Oh, how do I put it nicely? You know, like thuggish <laughs> about it. Is that yeah, nicely? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You know what I mean? Like he wants to mean. hurt you. Every kick is designed to go through you, which yeah. which is good. But it, the same thing is like it uses a lot of energy as well as it's slower. Mm. But yeah. Oh, this is me. a hard one. This is a hard one to call. That's me. I so let's, look, Leon. Let, yeah, let's say both of us, it, it is Edwards. Let's see how the, how the fight goes. Um, I, I wanted to throw this in at the end randomly, but apparently Bilal Muhammad is, is weighing in as the backup fighter. So if if things happen, someone misses weight or there's an injury or whatever, Bilal is going to be ready to jump in. And and I would probably say that whoever wins this fight and, and gets the title probably is, is going to fight Bilal Muhammad sometime soon Mate, rather than later. I, I'm happy. I'm happy for him being a backup fighter. Yeah. Right, yeah. but also I think they're both good matchups for him, dude. <laughs> they <laughs> are, right? <laughs> I, I think we could see year of Balal Muhammad next year. You know, assuming yeah. this fight doesn't fall through, yeah, because I, yeah. I like those matchups. I do, dude. I was like going through as I do, like the the fighters for this card. The amount of times that I saw Bilal Muhammad has beaten someone on this card is actually insane. He's on such a tear, <laughs> and I know people don't like him. But he's really good. He's really good. And he stands he a good chance against both of these guys, whoever wins. So he's the backup fighter for this fight. So let's go on to, to the next fight. We are going to be talking about, obviously, Pantoja against Brandon Royval. Pantoja currently 26 wins, 5 losses. He's on a four-fight win streak. Um, he's beaten Roy Val previously with, with a rear naked choke. He's beaten Alex Perez. He's beaten uh, Brendan Moreno to get the, the flight white title in the, in the first place. Roy Val, bit different, 15 wins, six losses. He has lost against Moreno. He has lost against Pantoja, but he's a bit on a bit of a tear at the moment. He's on a three-fight win streak, recently beating people like Schnell and, and Nicolau. So, Rob, Pantoja against Roy Val. You were, you were letting me know before that you're, you're in favor of an underdog wing here. What do you, what do you think I, about this fight? I am. I am. And now, this is not going to be a breakdown. I, I am not going to sit here and pretend I know enough about their fight styles or have watched enough of their fights. I don't watch every fight, okay? Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not that guy. I know a lot of the guys that are watching are. They could probably give you a better <laughs> breakdown on the fights that I don't know than I could, but I'm not going to sit here and pretend. Yeah. So, But I will say, though, when I have seen them fight, but not enough to, to give a proper breakdown. Yeah. I will say, though, I am excited for the dynamic that's happening in that division. I think because obviously mm. the, the Figueredo, Moreno, <laughs> they, what they fought 38 times yeah. Yeah, <laughs> battle you know like that that brought a lot of spotlight to it and then we had the closure and now we're mm. seeing like a resurgence of like i don't know like arch nemesis coming yeah. up like pantoja working his way through the rankings while moreno was up there just Fighting a <laughs> the one dude. dude, yeah, the <laughs> one dude that's like the boogeyman in the division, yeah, and then took the belt from him, 
And then now another guy is, he's come back up to have a rematch. Like it's just, I don't know. It's just that dynamic. You know what I mean? And yeah. I'm here for it. I think yeah. it creates a lot of stories for the division. And credit to Figueredo for moving up in weight class because it's allowed a lot of those stories to develop because if, if Figueredo didn't move up, you'd probably have him in this fight right yeah. now, arguably. So, look, if we were going to give a prediction, I would probably say Pantoja against Roy Val. Like, he's, he's mm. been in before. I know that Roy Val has come back a little bit, but I think Pantoja's got too many tricks for him. If you were to give a yeah. quick flick of the, uh, flip of the coin prediction, Rob, Mate, what do you reckon? For my tip... For my tip, you know, on Unibet, shout out Unibet, mm. <laughs> I, um, they're paying, I think, Roy Val $2.60. And I don't know, same thing. The guy's coming up from the bottom to the top. Pantoja took it from Moreno. I don't know. It's a feeling. Call it a hunch, but I'm going right. Roy Val. All right. Well, we've got two different answers there. Let's see what happens on, on the night or the day for us. Next up, we can, again, breeze past a few of these, but Shavkat Rachmanov against Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Mm-hmm. This is tough for Thompson, bro. Shavkat Rachmanov is 17 wins, zero losses. I, I really think he is going to trouble Wonderboy in this fight. Recently, Wonderboy has lost against Gilbert Burns and Bilal Muhammad, as I was kind of mentioning before, but then he beat Kevin Holland. How do you think Wonderboy is going to do against Rachmanov? Oh, mate. Stephen Thompson's one of those guys that I find it very hard to tip against. Okay, You've said this like before. He, I remember. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, and then he, then he goes and loses. <laughs> but he, he, always, he always loses the same way, right? <laughs> he gets like... Pushed up against a fence, taken down and mauled. It's a uh, yeah, age-old story for him. He yeah. either pieces him up for the entire fight or he gets grapple mauled. <laughs> like, um, yeah. Rachmanov is a tall order. I When this fight popped up, originally I was thinking, like, what the hell's going on? But I think, was Thompson supposed to fight someone else and Rachmanov th- stepped in? I no, I think it was the other way around. I think Rachmanov was meant to fight someone else and Wonderboy popped in. I remember okay, so questioning no, why Wonderboy would take this fight. Yeah, so no, I'm back yeah. on my first train of thought. That is that is crazy. <laughs> crazy, <laughs> like, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. dude, like, because that is, that is that, like, in my opinion for him, that's one of the hardest fights in the division to take, Yeah, you know, off the cuff, I guess. Rachmanov is, he's crazy, dude. Like, you can yeah. see the way he fights. Sometimes he doesn't fight intelligently, I feel. I feel there's, mm. there's holes there. But that could be because because he mentioned it in, in his last fight. He mentioned he wanted to get hurt. Like, he wanted to have the the the, the struggle, you know. He's, um, yeah. he's, got, he's got all the tools and he's very dangerous for it. Steven, obviously, Thompson's got to try and keep it on his feet. He's got to move, try to keep that space. But Rachmanov's really good at just putting in that subtle pressure, just constantly being in your face and just threatening you the entire fight. Yeah. You you never want to fight the dude that's like on a tear and kind of like earmarked potentially to be a future champion. Kind of similar to Sarukian. Everyone fighting against Sarukian was like, ah, oh, crap. So yeah. I, I reckon this one, it, it might not be a, a walkover for Rachmanov, but I think he's a strong prediction for to, to to win this fight or a strong tip to win this yeah. fight. Yeah. Or we could see exactly what I said. Thompson just piecing him up, keeping him like point point fighting him 
the entire the entire fifteen minutes. It's only fifteen minutes. The entire fifteen minutes. Yeah. And then and wins by decision. You know. Yeah. But rule of thumb: you don't fight the dudes with the crazy hats, right? No, no, <laughs> no. The, the the water is different over there, bro. There's there's something in the water <laughs> that they just they're bred differently. Um, but let's talk about Rob. You really want to talk about this fight, Tony Ferguson, Paddy Pimblett. Now. I could go through and, and outline like recent wins or losses. For Ferguson, as we all know, it's not the prettiest sight. Like he's got yeah. a six fight losing streak. Now, to be fair, I'm literally listing the names now Gaethje, Oliveira, Oliveira Dariush, Nate Diaz, Chandler, Bobby Green. These aren't easy fights, right? He mm. has fought some hard, hard fights, but he has lost six in a row. Paddy Pimblett, he hasn't fought in a year, coming off a win against Jared Gordon. He's. Some people say he's been overhyped. He wasn't quite the fighter that everyone expected. But I would still say that he is the favorite to win this, especially given the state of Tony Ferguson. But how do you see this one going? How would you like it to, to, to play out? Mate, oh, I am most excited for this fight than any wow. other fight on the uh, card. Okay. okay. Even the title fight. I, I want to see this fight happen, okay? Because Ferguson in his last fight when. Every week we've spoken at length about Ferguson. I feel, I feel like every week we're talking about Ferguson, right? <laughs> I feel like we've seen the clips. We've seen him trading with Goggins. We've seen him doing that. What's it called? The the Hell Week? Did oh, the Hell the Week? Hell doing? It, yeah, every yeah. every clip, he's like vomiting in the corner, dude. <laughs> like, just Cardio was himself. never his issue. Why is he doing it? Anyway, punishing on, himself, dude. Yeah. And... I'm for it. I, I want to see Tony come back and and beat Paddy. I want to see the, the the Ferguson we saw last fight just looked old and weathered. Yeah. You know, he he's slow. He was making bad decisions. He looks like he looked like his body was hurting. You know, it looked like he yeah. was sore. And I want to see Tony come in with some bit of maliciousness that he that he had. And and that glint in his eye, you know what I mean? When he was confident. Yeah. We had when we had Tony like that confident killer that El Kikui was. And yeah. unfortunately, I want to see that against Paddy Pimblet, you know, to unfortunately for Paddy that is, right? Because yeah. I've never seen like he his fall from grace was fast and heavy after yeah. after his his last win. And we're not going to go into that. No. But I do think skill-wise, Ferguson has the skills to beat him. I think he can land shots on Paddy because Paddy does leave himself open to a degree and Ferguson mm. does have like a really good bottom game to to not let Paddy take him down and just be there. I am worried that Tony accepts the takedowns too readily yeah. and we see him on his back a lot of the fight like we saw in the in his last fight and we've seen in fights prior just because he he's very confident in his jiu-jitsu especially his back jiu-jitsu mm -hmm. but then we've seen him lose a lot of the times on his back because he was controlled for for 15 minutes yeah. so I would like to see like a cardio version of Tony that's just in your face, moving awkwardly, landing shots. But what we see, what will we see? I don't know. I, I want to ask you this question. And it's a little bit offbeat, but is there any concern with his training experience with David Coggins, but that by the time he gets to this fight, and it's only a three-round fight, but I say only, like it's the smallest thing in the world, but 
Is there any concern that he's just going to be absolutely wrecked with this training camp? Like David Goggins, for any of you that don't know, is an absolute monster. And if he's actually training in the same way Goggins does, I worry he might be spent before mm. he even reaches this fight. And, and as someone, obviously, that's been through many training camps, is there a worry about wrecking yourself and doing too much cardio before you well, actually get to the fight? It depends who you're asking, really, because okay. I'm pretty sure Goggins doesn't believe in burnout. <laughs> like it's not in his vocabulary. He doesn't believe in burnout. Doesn't believe in overtraining. Doesn't believe sure. in any of that stuff. And if Ferguson's in that camp, then he'll be fine, right? Uh, if I was in that camp, I'd be screwed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, dude. I get burnout watching the training. <laughs> but but yeah. So I don't I don't know. We'll either see. Like I said, I want to. We'll either see. Like, uh, I don't know what we'll see. We'll either see a monster of Ferguson, like mm. a guy that, you know, he he's he has his stripes and mm. he's coming in with a killer's gaze and he's going to try and put Paddy away or we're going to see a Ferguson that just got tortured for weeks, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But also, don't – I'm not smashing Paddy. I think Paddy has – he has – the tools to, to be in the UFC and to fight the UFC and to, to make big things. Obviously, he was a fan favorite. I love the way I love the way he conducts himself. I love his his mm. like his enthusiasm. I love his attitude to it. Like he's he's fun. He's fun to watch. I just think he's got a bit of work to do. And I think yep. the way he conducted himself last fight kind of I know backfired in a little bit. You know, he's already natural flair about him, kind of just you know, worked against him in a in a sense. But yeah, yeah I, I, Paddy's definitely the favorite in this fight, no doubt. I'm just playing sure. devil's advocate and I'm going for the underdog, which is Fergo, El Kikui, because I think yeah. this will probably be his last fight. I, I, I think win or lose, this should be his last fight. But touching what you were you were saying before with Pimblet, I think even he admitted in an interview, this fight really is a lose-lose for him. Because you lose against Ferguson, obviously it's very bad, but you win against Ferguson <laughs> on a six-fight losing streak currently doesn't really do much for your career. And he, this is not <laughs> my words, he admitted this. So I think anything short of a dominating knockout might not be the best look for, for Paddy Pimblett. But he yeah, needs to win this. He, for his sake, he needs to win yeah. it. Definitely, he's backed himself in a bit of a corner, but yeah. Let, let's see what happens. Let's see what, see what happens. Maybe there's All something right. in the air. It's a, it's a good card. It's a good card. Yeah, and finally, like we can again, we got so many fight announcements to talk about. Vicente Vicente Luque against Ian Gary. Lots of controversy behind Ian Gary. We're not going to talk about that. But Rob, if I was to ask you point blank, who do you think is going to win this? Who do you think again? So? I'm going devil's advocate. I'm going Luque. Understandably, wow. Ian Gary is really good. He's yeah. riding high, but mate, Luke's paying three dollars eighty-five, <laughs> and the guy's a killer. That's a good he shout. Yeah. He is. He's paying three dollars yeah. eighty-five. Come on, yeah. get out of here. Yeah. That's pretty good. Do you know I was mentioning before that Bilal Muhammad's been everyone. It's been Vicente Luke recently too. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's just everywhere, <laughs> mate. Yeah, uh, dude. <laughs> but I'm gonna turn off my phone. People are messaging me. This is not the right time. I'm gonna go. Ian Gary, just so we have two different predictions for, for that one. Um, but that that was the our, our predictions. That was our breakdown for UFC 296 this weekend. As always, let us know your predictions in the comments below. Um, but Rob, we've got a bunch of other fight announcements that I, that I want to talk about. First up, 
We've got Tai Tuavasa back in the game. He's going to be taking on Marcin Taibora at UFC 298 on February 17. Also, we've got Marab against Henry Cejudo as the co-main at that same event. So let's talk about these two since they're at the at the same event in February. What do you think mm-hmm. about the, these two fights? I think I think that's a good fight for Ty. I think Ty's yep. had a bit of a he's had a bit of a tough curve lately. So I think that Tybura fight is good for him. I think it's a very very winnable fight. I think. It's it's a good fight for Ty, and I'm happy to mm. see him against Tybura at that in that card. Yeah, yeah. And and how about uh, Marab and, and Cejudo? Honestly, bro, this <clears throat> to me is going to be a banger. I I reckon this is going to be oh, a very mate. good fight. It's good to see Marab. I honestly think if Marab beats Henry Cejudo, he would get a title shot. I think that's clear. Marab has proven himself. The whole thing yep. with Aljamain and not fighting his friend is out of the water now. It has to be Marab if he, if he won this. Some would actually argue that he probably should get a title shot now, but I think <laughs> this is clear, especially because if, if Cejudo were, were to win this, he'd be right in that picture as well. But what do you think yep. of Marab against Cejudo? I, I think this is going to be a great fight. I think Marab would have to be the favorite. For I sure. think... Like, Marab's an animal. But yeah. it's good to see Cejudo hanging around, sticking around. I yeah. I don't know. Like, oh, I'm curious. He looked very good in his last fight. Like, really, really good. But yeah. I don't know. He didn't look as good as when he was at flyweight. So I don't think, in my opinion, because in flyweight, he's very powerful, just as quick, just as cardio-driven. Yeah, I don't know. But I'm curious – Curious would be the word I'm going to use. I'm curious to see how that fight plays out, how Marab handles what Cejudo can do and what Cejudo looks like after his last loss. I, I, I'm just glad that Cejudo didn't go away. Like He didn't just pack up everything and be like, all right, I've lost mm. and, and, and I'm going to leave. The fact that he's still in there, it gives a lot of name recognition to that to that division that is obviously stacked mm-hmm. already, but especially when you have Aljamain moving up in weight, I think it's a very stacked division right now, and having someone like Cejudo mm. there, it brings it brings eyes to, to to the to the division. So let's see what happens with Marab and Cejudo again at UFC 298. But Rob, the next two fight announcements that I want to talk about is Matus Gamrot against Rafael dos Anjos at UFC mm. 299, and also <clears throat> Curtis, Blade, Curtis Blades against Jelton Almeida at UFC 299 on March 9th. Rob, what do you think about these two fights? Well, firstly, I want to I want to mention that March 9th is also the card that I'm trying to get on. I hope that okay? you mentioned that. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm trying to get on the March 9th card. That's that's headlined by the Sean O'Malley. Mm. I think it's I think so far they say they they they're saying it's in uh, Miami. I've never been to okay. it. Sounds like a sick place to go. But it's good to see those guys on the card. What a crazy card! I want to get on the card. I've been trying. To get what's his name? Oh man, Paulo Costa. <laughs> Paulo Costa. How did I forget his name all of a sudden? That wasn't that wasn't a skit. I just had a brain fart. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been trying to 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 get you know the the thing signed with Costa. He put up a post. He said, "Like you want some of this? Let's go." I'm I'm keen. He's keen. Well, apparently he's keen, so yeah. no word on him signing the contract just yet. We were supposed to fight in February this year. Hopefully we fight in March next year, right, on that card. But great names to to fight. We we actually sat down 
you know, so that's what I'm preparing for now. I'm in camp now as well for that. Oh, yeah. So hopefully something comes of that. Nothing's locked in yet, but hopefully something comes in on that. And to All see right. Gamrot fighting RDA on that card, yeah. very interesting. We we had to sit down at the beginning of the podcast for like 10 minutes to work out what's going on with the weight division changes <laughs> RDA. So yeah. I was like, what division yeah. is he fighting? I thought he was fighting a welterweight. He's moved up and down. Don't like seeing that a lot. I think it's very hard on fighters, especially yeah. fighters – that are getting later in their careers. Mm. But oh, that's a tough fight for RDA. Like, tough fight. Gamrot's a bit it of a is. savage. And he's still he's still in his prime. Mm. But we'll see. And Curtis Blaze and Almeida, mate. Mate, are we just – are they going to come in like their wrestling singlets? <laughs> just uh, going to see a jiu-jitsu match, you know? I, <laughs> I really hope we don't see a repeat of, of Amada's previous fight. Honestly, dude, oh, yeah. again, I'm a fan of ground game. I'm a fan of jiu-jitsu. But when it's executed with nice ground and pound – like, I'm a fan of wrestling when it's someone like Colby Covington actually smacking someone on the ground and, and, mm. and decent ground and pound. But that previous fight with Almeida, oh, it was a drag. Well, it was a bit of a drag. Can- Generally, when you see two high-level grapplers, like they both they know strike? The kind of, yeah, you see like a low-level boxing match. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you see like a low-level kickboxing match. And it's usually great because they're both just throwing around. So hopefully we see that. Hell yeah. Our mate has definitely got the power to trouble mm. Blades, I think. But then they're, they're heavyweights. Blades has power to, to trouble our mate as well. I would mm. think Blades actually has – the better wrestling of the two, certainly the better wrestling, yeah. but how he go, I think it's easier to grapple from the top position than it is mm. from the bottom. So I would, I, I think we might see blades take him down and, yeah. you know, just to, just to create that sort of element in the fight. But yeah, yeah. I'm, this- I'm, ex- I'm interested again. Yeah, this, this is a really good fight for Curtis Blades. Like, I'm really happy for him. He's had a, a few losses recently. But to if he were to fight against Almeida and beat someone like Almeida, it arguably puts him back not quite into the discussion of being anywhere near titled contention, but it means he doesn't just go further down the cut. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, because Almeida was... He was trying to... Was he was he trying to call out Garn and Garn just wasn't interested in that fight? That's why this is happening, right? Which I get yeah. it. But. <laughs> yeah, dude. If I'm Garn, I'm like, Ugh, screw that fight for me. <laughs> Completely, I'd do the same. Like, let's all be real with ourselves. If we were Garn, why would we fight our mater voluntarily? I get it. Mm. So, but Rob, <laughs> if you get to fight on that card, man, that is a banger of a card. All those fights potentially, and obviously Vera too, and 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 Sean O'Malley. So, let's see if that happens. But last bit of UFC news to talk about: Islam Makachev. He said something that <clears throat> got a little bit controversial. Pretty much saying that he's not interested in any more rematches. He doesn't want to fight Armin Sarukin again. He doesn't really want to fight Charles Oliveira again. He's already beaten them. He is looking to fight Justin Gaethje next. Now, as I said, this was a little bit controversial. What do you think about these comments from Makachev? Oh, mate. It's, you can understand it, obviously, because he had to fight yeah. Volk twice. And oh, that's a good point. Yeah. That, that could have just like burnt him out on on rematches, and it kind of. But you you got to. I don't know. I don't know how much sway champions have. Like, mm. oh, like honestly, I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think Gaethje for Makachev's a better fight than Sarukian. Yeah, um, I agree. You know, maybe even then Oliveira. 
it's yeah yeah maybe what i would say it's hard to say I, I get he doesn't want to do all these rematches. You made a good point. I didn't even think about the Volk. I obviously just fought Volk. In different circumstances, short short call up, all that stuff. Um, yeah. But he was meant to fight Oliveira, which was a rematch. Oliveira, he only fought kind of recently. I would say it's understandable with Oliveira, not so much Sarukian. Sarukian was literally yeah. first fight in the UFC, two, three weeks notice, when he was 22 years old against a 27-year-old Makachev. I, mm. I say that's not quite fair. This is not a, any kind of immediate rematch, mm-hmm. and this is someone mm-hmm. that has Especially more than proven looked. himself. He's, dude, Sarukian, in the in the years that he spent developing since he was 22, he is a much, much better fighter, and he troubled yeah. Makachev, even though Makachev still won that. That is a fight I think everyone wants to see, and you can't say no to that if you're in Makachev's position. Maybe Oliveira if, until he gets another win, but definitely not Sarukian. If, if Sarukian mm-hmm. wants that fight, I reckon he'll get it. He's, he's on a tear. Yeah, yeah, but we'll have to wait and see because Oliveira was supposed to fight Makachev as well, you know. So I, I yeah, don't know where he, that fight went. He was, he but disappear in the disappear in the ether. You know what I mean? But do do you think? Also, with, I don't know. Oliveira was smashing people, dude. Like he was. He was. He like he fought killers. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. But he, he fought killers. But would Gaethje, you say Chandler? Dariush, and then he got, Dariush. yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, You've made me like, change my mind. It, I get it. Everyone, like all the killers in the top five back yeah. then, like he beat them all. I don't know. And then, and then like he lost the belt, like yeah. looked amazing against Dariush. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know. He's, I think he's got, he's got the votes to, to have a go at it. Yeah. All right. Well, well, let's see what happens. I, I hope as well that Dustin Poirier isn't lost in this discussion. Um, but let's see how that that division is just so difficult to to call. So, Rob, unless you had anything to to kind of close out on, that was our forty minute plus UFC <coughs> segment. Yeah, mate. Crazy. Going to have to speed through this next one. Um, I'm going to yeah. have to leave you to entertain our guests. I have to run bathroom. <laughs> I'll Dude, sprint. Do it. I will I, sprint. Please do it. So the reason why this is funny, for those of you that don't know, Sydney today is scorching hot. I am in this hot box of an office and he's drinking his friggin' bucket chug of water. I get it. I get why he needs to go to the toilet. But what I, I'm going to say this before Rob gets back. I really hope that Rob gets that fight against Polo Costa. Um, I, I would say as well, I still want to see fight, Rob fight Usman too. I don't know what Usman's doing. I don't know if whether he's actually going to go back to his previous weight, cl- weight class. Um, to me, Usman and Rob is more interesting than Rob against Polo Costa. Polo Costa, to me, seems like a bit of a flake. And I just get... I feel it in my bones that everything's signed and everything happens. And just like with, what happened with Hasmat Chmaev that we don't see Costa fight Rob, and then that puts him in a hole, and then he can't fight for another few months. That's what I'm going to say. What's going on, bro? Yo. <laughs> I, was just, I was just talking about how hopefully I, we, we see you fight in March. I'm very hopeful. Yes. And Costa doesn't Me do too. his thing. Yeah. Me so, too. <laughs> Me <laughs> too, dude. <laughs> Let's move on to the game news. Again, we're 40 plus minutes in. We're going to speed past a few of these, but Rob... Sad news, E3 is 
over. Unfortunately, the organizer of E3, the ESA, um, has tweeted that after more than two decades of E3, each one bigger than the last, apparently, it is time to say goodbye to E3. Thanks for the memories. It This really does feel like the death of E3. As someone that's obviously been a gamer for as long as you, you've seen many E3s, I'm sure. What do you, what do you feel about this news? Mate, we kind of spoke on it. Yeah. E3 this this year, we're like the COVID changed a lot of things in this industry, yeah. and mate, it, it just yeah, I guess it's just a changing of the guard. It's time to change. Mm. Yeah, it's just a changing a uh, changing of times. It's yeah. you know, and we could see it could be one of those things where they stop it for a bit. Uh, they do virtual things. They do. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. And then, as COVID starts to drift back into the background, we forget what these community-based events where everyone got together happened. Yeah. What they were like, we they bring it back. Yeah. Part part of the problem is that beforehand, a lot of these publishers, especially when they weren't as big as they used to be, relied on E3 to hit viewers and to hit numbers and and to trying to get that traction. But now. When you're talking about how many people, and yeah, it's a big event, but how many people go through the doors versus how much money they're spending? Like, you don't even want to know how much it costs to have a booth at E3, how much money they actually have to spend. Mm. I've heard some of these figures and they're, and they're ridiculous. And to only hit that many people on the show floor, whereas let's do a free weekend this week on Steam and you're going to hit five to 10 times as many people as you would at an E3 for much less cost. It just doesn't make sense anymore. <clears throat> More than ten times, more than yeah. ten times. Yeah, it you just know, it, and it it it's and more and people from all countries too. Because how many people yeah. are actually able to come into an E three? It's mostly Americans, mm-hmm. right? And that's not the whole world. It's just a changing of times, mate. Changing of times. Yeah. Um. So unfortunately, E three is going away, but hopefully, it comes back in some sort of capacity. Because I do, I still did appreciate the magic that was E three. Uh, but Rob, the next bit of news um, that I wanted to talk about, did you hear about all the drama that happened with that game uh, the day before, where it was this no. early access game and it had years of controversy, it, it wasn't really what it made itself out to be. So after all that controversy, after the the, the rough pay, uh, state it was at launch, the studio has just come out of nowhere and said, we didn't make enough money, we're, we're closing down. And it's kind of screwed people that bought into early access it was like $39 US to, to buy into it. A lot of people are flooding Steam with negative <laughs> reviews. They want refunds. It is literally one of Steam's worst reviewed games of all time in top in the top 10. Play count has dropped by 90% in almost four days. Rob, what, what, what do you think about this and just like early access games in general? What? Oh, mate, it seems like every second game is early access now. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. And that's just... I don't know. It's it's just become a thing. Developers can get money before they release their full game, you know. Yeah. And that's what a lot of these guys are doing. I don't know what the day before is. I don't want to. It it, click it was meant to be some sort of MMO game, but then it kind of turned out to be like a survival extraction game or extraction shooter or something like that. It was just like a typical, here's a trailer, what it looks like. And it was like a few years ago. And then it just turned out to be something completely different. And they had copycat allegations, a trademark dispute. They were using unpaid volunteer workers. 
absolute oh my God. shit show. <laughs> yeah, it was really bad. <laughs> dude, uh, dudes had slaves. <laughs> dude, uh, dudes had slaves developing their games for them. <laughs> and then they've taken the money. Yeah, oh, mate. It was, and then, it was really bad. Yeah, they've taken the money and ran. Uh, this is yeah. just one of those, mate, it's one of those. There's, we, we're announcing this one, but this has happened so much. In, yeah. Like, is it on early access games, Kickstarter games, you name mm-hmm. it. They, And that's, I guess, the risk you take when you give money to a developer for an early access game. And yeah. I'm not saying don't take the risk. I, I have gotten behind tons of early access games, plenty of them. I get behind and don't even play the game just because I'm so yeah. – I'm on board. I'm on board with the idea that they're trying to create and I want to support that but yeah. games that i've bought in early access there there are heaps of games where dude devs just disappear for five years <laughs> like and you see yeah. nothing and yeah. and and the game's just ghosted gone it's and yeah. then you click on the steam reviews and it's like developers left this game's dead like yeah. this game's dead in the water it's just yeah i guess it's just one of the risks of early access i think as as humans as as people i think the Devs are dogs. <laughs> I think, I think it would have been a red flag, you know, having slaves. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Dude, yeah. Dude, dude, I think, I think the slaves would have been a red flag, but yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah, I- IGN did a great write-up on it. So if you head to their website, they have an article there right now. But what I will say is that it does suck for the actual studios that have pushed out games quite successfully after an early access or even like a donation period. The w- recent the example that I would give is the System Shock, Shock, Shock remake. I supported uh, System Shock years and years ago. And I remember I would just get email updates every few months seeing how they were doing. Very, very communicative. It comes out... It's actually good, and they're going on to make other things. Those are like the example that you want to hold up of games that do mm-hmm, it well. Mm-hmm. And then when these games come along, it just takes them five steps back through no doing of their own. You know, you you know when when we jump into the games news and stuff because I didn't get the mention last week. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna talk about some of that. Some of that. All right. We're gonna we're gonna further this discussion in my what I've been doing part. Fair, fair. <laughs> Well, let's quickly roll. I know you want to talk about this, and we have to talk about I it. Do. Because, yeah, go I on, do. Go on. I want you I to do. take it, all right? Explain okay. the situation. So as I was reading through the comments, which I do, which I've told you guys before, yeah. uh, some guy, I'm not going to mention your name because I forgot it, to be honest. Didn't write it down. <laughs> you know who you Check are. You know who I'm talking to, okay? I'm talking to you. You go, you're disappointed in me and all the talks about casual gaming, and we spoke about – GTA 6 drop, mm. and we didn't talk about the Dragon's Dogma 2 trailer drop. It was two yeah. weeks ago. Okay? Now, mate, mate, I need to pull you up a little <laughs> bit. Just a little bit, okay? Respectfully, though. Respectfully. Respectfully, yeah. I, news comes to me very slowly, okay? Very slowly, dude. Johnny is my greatest connection <laughs> to all UFC and gaming news, okay? UFC and gaming news. He is my informant, okay? That's my connection. I live practically under a rock. I don't know if you guys – I don't know where, you, where you're from. I don't know if you have the phrase you live under a rock, but that's me. I live under there, in a little under a little rock. That's me. I don't yep. get news in very freely, okay? 
two, right? The trailer wasn't exactly published everywhere. It wasn't announced no. everywhere. It certainly, there wasn't a guy at my door knocking on me, knocking on me door saying, hey, bro, you see the new Dragon Dogma trailer, okay? <laughs> I, I didn't see it. I didn't know it was dropped, but I did watch it today, okay? But we'll get to that. And three, we did speak about Dragon's Dogma and how pumped up I am when it got announced six months ago. Yeah. Okay, so we did cover it. I don't know if you're jumping mm. in to this episode or if you just had a point to make. But, but, <laughs> but yeah, we did speak about it and I told everyone how pumped I am because I loved the first game. Now, yeah. we, I did watch the trailer. It doesn't have a lot of views, so no. jump on it. Give it a geese, okay? I give it a geese because it looks sensational. It's got gameplay. It looks so good. If you're a fan of Dragon's Dogma 1, you're going to be a fan of Dragon's Dogma 2. It looks mm. amazing. You know what? I think it actually might be one of those, you know, like Elden Ring was, right? Yeah. A lot of people who play Elden Ring didn't know what a Souls-like was. They didn't know what – they still probably don't know what Dark Souls is. But yeah. it brought them into the genre. I think Dragon's Dogma 2 – is going to be another one of those. Same as Baldur's Gate 3. That did the same sort wow. of thing. A lot of people didn't know what those sort of games were, but mm. it brought in a, lot, a whole new audience. So mm. Dragon's Dogma 2 looks amazing, amazing. What do you think of it? I, I think that's a really decent shout, especially because next year, which I believe is coming out next year, if you look at the release schedule of games, this year has been full of hitters. Next year's looking light on, and I think there's a really unique opportunity for Dragon's Dogma and Capcom to capitalize on that. I think that's a very good shout. I, I think it has actually has a, a good opportunity to be Elden Ring-like in the sense of introducing a lot of people <clears throat> to that genre that had never played it before because they've, yeah. they've opened up game mechanics a little bit. They've, they've made it a little bit more welcoming, things like that. So I, I agree. Mm. I think it's a good shout for next year. It looks sensational, but, but I will say the voice acting, but still, they use the same ones from the first one, it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> the same faithful, Rob. That's the point. Dude, <laughs> loyalty. That's what I like to see. But, uh, but that's me. So that is all the games news that we have to talk about. Next up, as always, what we're watching, playing, and reading. Rob, what have you been doing this okay. week? Aside well, from training oh, and sweating. <laughs> I, I started touching on this last episode. I don't know how far. You got in. Did you get into this part with the with all the cuts and edits and mashes? Okay, so nah. I am going to change just a little bit the way I talk about certain games because I was speaking to my dad the other day, and he's like, "Rob, you got to change it off. Stop telling me the same game every week. I've stopped. I've stopped watching." And I was like, "Yeah, cheers, mate. No worries. <laughs> like, I've lost a viewer in my own dad. So I've." Instead of just mentioning the same game every week, what I'm going to do is I'm going to also mention games that I have on my radar, that mm. are getting updates, that have updates, so that if you are interested in them, you can go suss them out yourself. Because generally, I play the same batch of games and uh, just cycle through them. And I'm yeah. so happy this batch got pushed to me because it's like, I love them. I love these games. <laughs> you know, mm. <laughs> I try. Um, and they're, they're usually just roguelike 2D games. So yeah. you mentioned 2024. Yeah. Caves of Cud drops in full release in 2024. If you know, don't know what Caves of Cud is, it is not a graph. Like, it's, a, it's an amazing game. It is an amazing game, and it'll take you a long while. 
to understand why it's amazing, okay? But once you get it, you'll get it. And I can't, I don't think I can explain it more than that. I'm going to keep it enough. Like, I'm, I feel like I'm explaining it mysteriously enough that I'll get a couple people and then you'll you'll see. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay, because it, it is, it's a weird game and it's not a graphically pleasing game unless you like those sort of graphics. I don't mm. mind them. And, but it, it's cool. It releases next year. And I'm very excited for that. But That's what, what I've been playing lately is Tales of Marjoyal. I don't know if you've heard oh, of you it. You did say that. You did say that last week. Yeah. Yeah. I said I wanted to get into it and I, it took yep. me days of studying, <laughs> but I got into it. <laughs> and it's, it's fun, dude. Like, if you like character building, it is so much fun. It's, again, the graphics are kind of, they're nothing to, <laughs> nothing to write home about, but yeah. building characters, it's just, and like trying to pick your synergies and trying to pick your armors and stuff like that. It's just mm. a whole lot of fun. Right. And Sick. reading, watching, I haven't been doing much. I've been watching what Kingdom of Ruin on anime on Crunchyroll, but it's, I don't know. This, yeah. What would you recommend? It? I've got it on my watch list at the moment. Oh, if you can't find anything else, dude, you've got yeah, you've got decades of good anime to watch. Don't mm. don't watch yeah. that one first. Yeah. <laughs> like that one's <laughs> that was like you're scraping the barrel a little bit. Yeah, know? yeah. I love that you say that because what I've been watching recently, I decided, and a lot of people that are fans will understand why I've done it. I rewatched the entirety of Jujutsu Kaisen from from start oh. to finish, including oh. the movie. And Rob, it is incredible. I, I I get everything now. I haven't gone like ages oh, in between the no. first and the second season. No. I'm telling you, bro, please, you need to give it a... It's no. actually really good. Recently, the fight scenes have just been next level. Like this season is where it's really kicked in. I know you didn't like the first few episodes, even though it set up the context between the characters. The latter part of that season right now is phenomenal. I'm telling you. <laughs> All right. I'll, I might I might pick it back up. We'll see. All right. Oh, but All then right. I got I, – I only watched like the first two episodes, and you're telling me there was like a third one of flashback? Uh, oh, but yeah, also but, it's, doing that thing, it's yeah. doing that thing where it focuses on too many characters. But that's I that's want to uh, yeah that's the type. I just want to see the Devil King dude. That's all the Demon King that lives inside Old Boy. That's the only guy I want to see. Yeah, it it's kind of like Black Clover where it has a lot of characters. That that is just yeah. the, the style of anime, and it gets even worse. Like when especially when you get to like the Culling Games and the latter arcs, mm. the, all these characters like who the hell of any of these? That's why I had to rewatch it because I was like mm. I don't remember who this person is and their connection to that person, all these names that they're mentioning. So rewatching it has definitely kind of clicked things for me. Um, okay. So, yeah. Well, but I'm yeah. I'm in the same boat where I need to watch something again, and that's Goblin Slayer 1. I'm okay. I'm rewatch that to watch the second season because I really Fair. liked Goblin Slayer. <laughs> I really liked it, dude. It's on my watch list too. Like I, I've heard decent things of the new season, so um, mm. I, I'll, see, I'll see what I'll do. But... In terms of what I've been playing, um, shout out to Nintendo. They sent me a code of Super Mario RPG, the remake on Nintendo Switch. I mentioned this in a much, much earlier episode earlier this year, saying I was very excited to play it, um, especially because like, even though I eventually did play it through other means, it didn't release on Super Nintendo across the world at the time. It didn't actually come out in places like Australia. So a lot of people didn't actually get the opportunity to play this game. It was a very, very cool collaboration from memory between Nintendo and Square Enix. 
top-down, isometric, old-school RPG. You're going through, you, you, you're recruiting team members, you've got different attacks, like there's some strategy involved in terms of the timing of attacks and when you select the buttons. Um, you've got special items that you get. The world is very, very colourful. You can even, like, switch between the old-school style of music and the new renditions of the music tracks that they've done. I'm having... Mm lots of fun with Super Mario RPG, especially because it's a game that you can just play on the Switch. I took it back home with me when I went there for my sister's <laughs> wedding. I was just playing it on the go. You you collect stars and you go through. The story's very goofy, but it's very typical like Nintendo. I think anyone that loves Super Mario and that loves those old school RPGs like Final Fantasy, etc. I think there's a lot to love and it looks beautiful. Like they've even like introduced different cutscenes too for a lot of the boss battles. Love Super Mario RPG. I, I I think it's a good shout for, to pick up if you have a Switch. Yeah, we we mentioned it before. I like I'm super full remakes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm I'm so down for them because like there's there's a bunch of people that love like cult love a particular game and to bring it mm. back out and it just does I don't know it just does the fans so much service. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And especially to do it so well. This isn't just like a fresh coat of paint. Like they had to rebuild it from the ground up. They didn't have to add in the old tracks and allow you to swap between, but they did that. They didn't have mm. to add cutscenes, but they did that. It looks really, really phenomenal. It has a unique art style, and some might prefer how the game looked when it was back in his kind of 2D realm, but I still think it's very pretty and mainly it's just fun. Like it's one of those mm. pickup games. You don't need to think about it. You're literally fighting this big sword dude like it's not, not meant to be taken seriously but there is strategy involved there it's a lot of fun recruiting new team members too so yeah i, I would definitely recommend it to any switch owners mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um but rob aside from that and and watching more jujutsu kaisen that's pretty much what i've been watching playing and, and reading so unless you had anything to to kind of mention we have Mate. viewer questions to talk about yeah no um I'm ready for these questions. I'm ready. But do you know, I will what, say do you know that, why I'm ready? Yeah, go on. Well, I'm super stoked we made it to this part of the video. Okay. Super stoked. <laughs> We've made it this far. Okay. Everyone knows I've been having a lot of PC issues and my old PC broke. The new one's old and just chugging along with the beautiful thing. It's just chugging yeah. along, getting me through. I may have a really cool and exciting update next week for a potential new cool. rig. I'm talking to someone as we speak about, you know, setting me up, like giving, giving me a spaceship to try and play these 2D games on. So, so I, um, yeah, so hopefully I can speak about that next week. But let's get into these questions, mate. Do you know why I want to first I'm one? Really God, like, I can see the first questions. one and I'm already for yeah. it. Yeah, and that's why, <laughs> that's why I've kept it because these questions were from three weeks ago because we kept having issues we had to miss a podcast so we haven't actually been able to answer they've been sitting here ready for for us to answer so for those of you that have been sticking around for a while you might see your old questions pop up right now but as rob always says we always keep a bank of questions to to bring up mm -hmm. so first of all first question comes Key from example Dunham. is this this one what is Dunham, one... We've, we've answered him before he asked good questions That's <laughs> he's why he good questions he does i've done him yeah Dunham <laughs> asked the question what is one thing slash trope in anime or japanese media that you just don't understand why they do it rob oh can you go first I yes i i know what my, my thing is for sure okay it is okay, go. the whole not even just sister complex it is sibling complex in in anime in particular 
it is it comes up too frequently and I don't <laughs> get it. I don't get why the dude in Black Clover is obsessed with his sister. I don't get why the dude in Spy Family is so obsessed with his older sister. I don't get why in uh what it's Bungo Stray Dogs, why there is a, a couple there that say that they're siblings and she has a thing for the dude, but they're not actually related. Why is it funny? I don't understand. <laughs> Why do they do it? It is weird. Yeah. It'll never no, make sense I, of it. I think, well, like, obviously that doesn't make sense to us. <laughs> 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 However, so I'm, I'm going to jump on that too. You know, just just to save my own skin, I can't say, well, I get it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But, I uh ah oh, yeah I I'm just gonna go with that. There's yeah. I'd have to really think about it to see if there's any other tropes that I I really did not get. Oh, you know what? Have you ever seen any any romance animes where the the chicks cleaning the dude's ears? No, is that a thing? What? <laughs> yeah, dude. What? I've seen it in heaps of romance animes where. I don't know. It's like the dude asks the chick to clean his ears and he sits on her lap and she cleans his ears. It's it's weird. And it, so weird. <laughs> and it just so looks weird. vulnerable. <laughs> that is so strange, bro. I don't mm. I don't get some of these things. I like know. I love anime as a, as a whole, yeah. but some of these weird tropes, some of these references just don't make sense to me. Anyway. Still anyway. for it, but <laughs> still for it. <laughs> Let's go. Next question that we have is from Found Prospect 2604. Did either of you finish Final Fantasy 16? Do you think it should have been nominated for Game of the Year? Maybe Oba, Resident Evil 4, or Alan Wake? I don't think it would win, but seeing it up there would have made me happy. Now, I want to answer this question because I played a, a bit of Final Fantasy 16. I haven't finished it, and I very much intend to, um, especially over the break. But I would say, and, and Rob, you and I mentioned this, I don't think remakes should be in Game of the Year. Mm -hmm. I don't think yeah, something I, like Resident Evil should be there. I knew you were going to do that. You want to say that. Yeah. But also as well, like I, I, I haven't played Alan Wake, okay? But I've heard some discussion that Alan Wake came out later than the year, and because of that, it was in the reviewers' minds, a lot of the people that gave him the mm. nominations for Game of the Year, and they mm. instantly and implicitly give it a preference because they just played it. You know, anytime you play a game and you finish it, you're like, this is the best thing in the world. Yeah, definitely. Maybe a bit of that went on. I would have liked to have seen Final Fantasy 16 in there because it, like, the, 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 I know a lot of people criticize it because they had a lot of cutscenes or whatever, but you need to like appreciate the level of effort and time that went into those cutscenes to, to even the, the, it wasn't, you know, um, the kind of Final Fantasy that maybe you're used to, more action adventure, but it was still a lot of fun and it was a good story. So I would have liked to have seen it there. That's my bit. Yeah. And I'm, I'm with you on that same page that I don't think remakes should be in the yeah. nominations. And I hope I'm not going against what I said at the time. I can't remember what I said at the time. I'm sure I wouldn't <laughs> have argued with you. Probably would have. I don't know. But <laughs> yeah, I, I, I also think 16 should have been up there instead of maybe 4. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I definitely. And, and Resident Evil 4 was great. But yeah. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. may, maybe the next Final Fantasy. But Fantasy it had its heyday. It had its time. That's the, that's, that's the point that I'm saying, Rob. Like, let's say this year, for some reason, Super Mario RPG was absolutely incredible, knocked it out of the park. I still would have said, 
but it had its time back in the day when it was like frequently mm. lauded as one of the greatest collaborations, yeah, that, one of the greatest we're RPGs. Uh, exactly. So why are we mm-hmm. here discussing it again in terms of game of the year discussions? You can't double dip fan base, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I, we're you on can't the same double wavelength. dip, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so next question that, that we have is from John Perez 7487. What RPG would you recommend based on gameplay and story specifically? Rob, I thought you'd like this question. RPG, gameplay and story. Oh, there's so many different yep. types of gameplay though. Like if you want to fall down a rabbit hole of story, you got to suss out a story-driven game. And no game, I think, can capture a story more than mm. one you create yourself. So I would have to recommend Baldur's Gate 3, but if yeah. you weren't inclined to sussing that out, Dragon Age Origins mm. was phenomenal, dude, to be able to influence your own story like that. And there's Mass Effect as well, if you want a more sci-fi twist on it. Yeah. And uh, oh, obviously Final Fantasy X, mm. like any of the Final Fantasies, like I'm going to go old school, but 10, 8, 7, uh, not nine. <laughs> nine the mo- monkey dude can stay chill for a bit, but yeah, 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 yeah. Like there's, yeah, those games. They're all they're all pretty up to scratch. If if you want if you want like a unique story, mm. then you got to suss out Dark Souls. It's story and lore, and finding the pieces of the story. You'll have to you'll have to watch a YouTube. You have on to it. work for I it. Did. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Have, you have to watch a YouTube on it. But dude, yeah. it's like. It's so cool. It's something you don't ever come across, I guess. Yeah, yeah. If, if I was to give one one answer, it would have to be Fallout New Vegas. Like in ter- Mario you RPG. Yeah, Mario <laughs> RPG. But maybe maybe not it, so much in terms of gameplay because it was based on the engine mm. and all that. There's a lot of history behind yeah. it. But in terms of story and choice and replayability and dialogue, I think many RPGs fall short of Fallout New Vegas. So a hundred percent. If you haven't played that, and I I love four or three more, but in terms of story, New Vegas yep. wipes the floor with everything. Yeah, um, it was, it's on so, the yeah. same vein of like you. That's why that game was so good because you create your own story. It's yep. it's like yeah, you're 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 so immersed in it because it's your story. You make decisions and yep. you see those decisions having far-reaching consequences. It's so cool. Yeah, and I probably prefer the the gameplay of Fallout Four, but. Oh, 100%. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I I liked like building a base and then going out an adventure and coming back to my base and just like sitting in a chair. I kind of touched on it. It's only because Fallout 4 had the opportunity to improve the gameplay mechanics and they worked with Mm -hmm. its software on the Doom team. They were able to improve shooting and obviously introduce base building. Whereas with New Vegas, it was like very, very, I'm being very quick with this, but bare bones, here's the engine. You have 18 months to develop this game. That's what it was. So what were they going to do more to what all the gameplay was in Fallout 3, which, let's be real, was very janky, as much as I love mm. that game. They weren't able to improve it more, but they did what they could in terms of the story and decision-making. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So next question that we have is for Rob. Riley Patterson, 8060. Rob, what was your next striking discipline after you got your black belt in karate? Uh, it was Hapkido. Oh. Yeah. Like okay. I went I went to Hapkido and Jiu Jitsu. And then mm. the school which was doing Hapkido Jiu Jitsu stopped doing Hapkido. Well, no, they didn't really stop doing Hapkido. They introduced MMA as well. And then okay. I 
straight off Hapkido into MMA and the rest is history. <laughs> Sweet. Um, next question is from Chef Nasty Zero Zero asking, this was following off the back, we were talking a little bit about Sean O'Malley and, and Cheeto Vera. They asked the question, uh, with all due respect, how has Cheeto been impressive of late? I wanted to talk about this a little bit. I would still say Cheeto has been impressive. Um, a lot of people talk down his, his victory against Sean O'Malley because he somehow got a nerve in his leg and blah, 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 blah. But he still did the damage. He still won the fight. And recently, he's won the last five of his six fights, right? He's, he's knocked out Dominic Cruz. He's defeated Pedro Munoz. That's why I would say we were backing Cheeto. And I, and I do rate him when he eventually fights, you know, Sean O'Malley. Um, yeah, lucky, unlucky with the, knee, with the leg attack, whatever. But I still think he's been decent as late. Did, did I back him? I feel like I we haven't done our official animal, but yeah, yeah, I I think I'm I'm still going to be back and Sean. Like I everything yeah. I've ever ever said in any prediction or breakdown with Sean, such as mm. his uncanny ability to land shots on your button, mm. like they they hold true <laughs> into the cheetah party. I think I just mentioned. Vito uh, Cheeto looked like an animal in that stare off. Like, yeah. <laughs> like the dude, like looks. Yeah, he looked cool. He looked cool. Well, we we, yeah, we talked we, about it because, like, the way we do our podcast is we'll do the full breakdown mm-hmm. when the actual card is taking place that week. So we talked about it very quickly when the fight was actually announced. It was like uh, alongside all the other big fight announcements. Um, so we just we kind of did as like throwaway comments, but it wasn't our full breakdown. If I was to give mm-hmm. a prediction right now, yeah, I think Sean O'Malley would win, but mm-hmm. we can't diss Cheeto Vera. Um, mm-hmm. But last question, a bit of a, a funny one. I always like to include some like these. For, but from JPR96, question for both. Favorite candy of all time, chocolate bars included? Rob? Okay. I, I don't eat candy. Mm. I eat chocolate, so. Are they candies? Same well, look, he said like, those... chocolate bars included, so I would say any kind okay. of chocolate. Okay, I'll just say Toblerone. Toblerone. Oh, it's a good answer. Yeah. Toblerone, like you forget how good Toblerone is until you have yeah. it again. And you're like, dude, why am I not eating this every single night? Yep. Yeah. I would say Ferrero Rocher has been my oh, favorite. My wife's forever. favorite too. Like, it, it's so it's cool. good, you, man. You ever had you the know? ice cream? That was good. Is it Ferrero Rocher yeah. ice cream? Yeah, dude. Didn't like it. Didn't like it. Oh, i got to give it a go out of curiosity. Yeah. <laughs> Meet your heroes, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's just good because like, it comes in individualized packets and you can just have one and leave it and the rest are staying fresh and it's the Nutella inside. Mean? It's the What best. do you mean you have one, dude? <laughs> as, soon as, that seal, as soon as I rip that seal off the box, it's gone. Bro, we're it's not all training every gone. day and, and exhausting 10,000 calories a day, all right? Some of us have office jobs <laughs> and we sit down all day. All we can do is have one little chocolate, okay? Yeah. I worry. <laughs> I worry that, like, I don't, obviously, I, I don't have any convention of what eating normal is. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I don't. Yeah. I don't. And uh, I, I think long story short is I can never stop training or I'm going to blow. I think that's why you see so many athletes that they just get mm. fat, dude. They blow out because... We, we don't realize we're eating like crazy amounts, but yeah. because we, we, we train all day, we just don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much what it is. But Rob, all the questions, we finally got to them. Right. We'll try and include the questions from last week's podcast in the following week, but leave your questions below. But that was it. That was mm-hmm. our predictions for UFC 296. Mate. And that's our episode. 
It was a good episode. Touch wood. We didn't have any issues. Not even one. <laughs> Touch wood, dude. We made it. Look uh, at us go. We made it here all the way to the end of the video. Our what? 15 minutes. Not a hitch. Not a hiccup. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So as always, <laughs> like, subscribe if you are new. We'll be back next week for more predictions, more games, and more UFC talk.